Robin Sharma, as you were mentioning, did influence me a lot. Joined the Five Year, even though the book was not out. No, the the Five Year Club book was out mm. later. It influenced a lot. The influence is good. Action is better. Right. <laughs> so action had to happen because of the book. The one thing which is just asking a question in 2017 December that what is the one habit I can develop in 2018 such that by doing it everything else is easier or unnecessary. Hello, hi there. Welcome to the Guiding Voice podcast series. The Guiding Voice for a better future. This podcast is to help professional students, IT employees and entrepreneurs to shape their careers. Dear listeners, in every episode, we interact with industry experts or academicians or coaches across the globe to drive some insightful conversations that will help our audience learn great things. Also, we share an interesting trivia or a fun fact about the IT world or technology towards the end. Thank you for tuning in. This is Navin and I'm with my co-host Sudhakar. Human race has been selling and buying things forever. Like anything, even the sales process has been evolving for betterment. And in today's session, let us talk about how to crack the code of extraordinary sales. And we are pleased to welcome Amit to our show. Amit Agarwal is a salespreneur and author. As a salespreneur, he believes that sales is social entrepreneurship because every sale is an opportunity to bring in joy generate livelihood create customer value and of course build wealth for the economy amit has sold in 23 countries across bootstrapped and funded technology startups he is also the author of the best selling book the ultimate sales accelerator amit welcome to our show thank you sudhakar and navin pleasure to be here so amit salespreneur very interesting can you please share our audience with what this salespreneurship is all about yeah so sudhakar it is interesting and it came by asking a question so when i was finishing my book the ultimate sales accelerator the epilogue section if you see it says the question there is who will harness the true spirit of sales the end of the book so when that question was asked you know i believe that questions creates possibilities and participation and that participation can be from universe also because the larger universe starts helping you and then in this uh, salespreneur concept came so basically salespreneur is all about harnessing the higher purpose in sales and how do how do we harness that it is because of three things so first of all salespreneur believes that sales is a life skill if i ask you sudhakar navin is sales a life skill what would you respond yes or no i would say yes <laughs> like in the introduction navin was mentioning this has yeah. been there forever right maybe yes. the first thing that human beings did was trading exchange <laughs> <laughs> so you correct so sales is a life skill because at any point of time we are selling three things either a product or a service or an idea like for example through this uh, talks um, your talk show you are selling ideas and inspiring people isn't it absolutely correct so that is the first point uh, absolutely sales is a life skill the second is about the definition of sales so when i asked this question what is the word sales represent i got an answer that sales represent the following s for serve A for authenticity, L for love, E for expertise, and S for smile. So serve with authenticity, 
love, expertise and smile. So that is the second part which a salespreneur believes in. The third part is about four specific items. The first is joy. Sales creates joy. And anytime sales happen, it creates joy, isn't it? Look at organization, look at anywhere, it creates joy. The second is livelihood. A salespreneur believes that sales creates livelihood for colleagues, for employees. Because whatever work he or she is doing is bringing in salary of somebody. The third is the economic growth. For a moment, imagine if sales is not happening, which was the case in COVID COVID scenario. Then what was happening? The entire economy was down. So every sale is an opportunity to create economic growth. A person may not know, but every sale is influencing the stock market. And the fourth is customer value. That whatever sale is being done, is it generating tangible and intangible customer value? So if you summarize these three things, sales as a life skill, correct? The definition of sales, the serve with authenticity, love, expertise and smile. And the third is the four higher purpose elements, which is joy, livelihood, economic growth, and customer value. That is what a salespreneur believes. Excellent. While all four are really important, I am more connected to joy. It is always about uh, bringing demand to supply, right? If I want something to be purchased, for example, I want to buy a stock. You talked about stock. So if I want to buy a stock in New York Stock Exchange, you know, for some time that opportunity was not available for me. So now, because of that sales, you know, now the supplier or the demand actually is getting connected, converged. So that is an amazing one. So all four are great things, but I got connected to Jai. So Amit, you talked about uh, COVID. I think in the current generation, nothing, no discussion can end without touching our friend COVID-19. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So during covid especially during the peak say june july 2020 you know nothing was immune from pandemic so how did the sales strategy change during these pandemic times because everyone is talking about transformation and covid accelerating that transformation and fast pacing that transformation how about the sales side Yeah, that's a valid question. In fact, uh, everybody was impacted by COVID from a professional and personal perspective. From a professional perspective, one function which was deeply impacted, which we just spoke, that sales were not happening. So I think the concept there has been virtual selling, which was there earlier also. They say that human behavior, you know, adoption increases when there are challenges. So the virtual selling was there earlier also. The adoption of virtual selling increased primarily because of uh, COVID, because people were not meeting face to face. Now, if we look at virtual selling, there are three elements to it. One is the people element. There is a process element and then there is a tool element. Let's pick one one by one. So people element, sometimes we often ignored at any change, how easy or difficult is on people. So people, I remember during April, May last year, talking to one of the sales owner and I asked him, how are you? you know, and the person said, I don't have a job. And I was surprised. You know, I know he has a job, a very nice one. Why is he saying, you know, I don't have a job? And then he said, you know, that I can't meet my customers in person. I can't meet if I can't meet my customers in person, I'm only in in my home. You know, I don't have a job. You look at the mindset in April, May, that is what COVID was doing. On one hand, we have to do virtual selling. On the other hand, the people, the mindset, it was not ready. Over time, I have seen 
in another example another person who was very resistant to virtual selling excelled in it you know i think 6 months down the line that same one other person created more than a million dollar deal in virtual selling so the point is people and there i would say while change is there patience is the key you know being kind to people is the key rather than forcing that you have to adopt virtual selling today only so that aspect the second aspect is process so if you look at process when you you were doing face to face selling if suppose i meet you sudhakar and navin you know you can see my body you can see my expressions correct you can see how am i looking correct how am i dressed and you can also make perceptions out of it isn't it how i present all of that not possible you know in virtual selling so at a process level the ability to tell stories which is always important you know even in face to face however in face to face your physical appearance your bonding also you know created certain levers whereas in remote selling in virtual selling you know you have to develop rapport with people without meeting them without they seeing you correct continuously so the process element of building let's say one important element in process was how do you craft stories while selling another element was that when you even have remote conversation do you do it without opening the camera or with opening the camera correct and when do you do it at the beginning end or continuously so these are small small things which were required in process which i think people have adopted very well over the last 8 9 10 months and the last is tools so there are so many tools right now we are also recording this conversation session on a tool correct right? uh, zencaster however in case of you know actual b2b selling what i have seen is tools like whether it is zoom or go to meeting all of these were very useful one specific capability in tool is video engage which is can sales owners record videos not through marketing by on their own and there are tools like loom vidyard hippo video if you have heard them these videos in a matter of 2 to 5 minutes a sales owner can record videos and send to their clients which was earlier used to take ages because of the process involved so these are the people process and tools is what i would say how virtual selling and covid impacted that's amazing you touched upon the golden triad of enablers the ppt in short form <laughs> people process and <laughs> technology or the tool so definitely yeah. yes. even sales are enabled using this ppt and nothing can go without this golden triad an acronym ppt i will remember <laughs> that i didn't think about it ppt yeah. is a good one <laughs> yeah the golden triad actually got added with uh, data or information now as an overlay Correct. so you know the fundamental golden triad that navin touched upon is now uh-huh. augmented with the fourth pillar that is data and information especially Correct. in current generation Correct. Yes, yeah. so that. There is one more thing actually, like PPT X, because we are uh, using the latest version of Microsoft Power People <laughs> Process Technology Naveen. and the transformation as oh brilliant, yeah, expert transformation. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, Navi. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So now talking a little bit about your book, the Ultimate Sales Accelerator. Yeah. So what motivated you to be an author? because writing a book is humongous in fact sudhakar and i have started uh, our own uh, book and it's been parked for some time but we will resume it shortly but it's a humongous task you are able to pull it off yes yeah no absolutely it is a humongous task as you said and it is you know the word humongous i will add fulfilling too you know because uh, uh, you know once it uh, completes it is very 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 fulfilling and also during the journey you know there's you know they say that do you do you enjoy the outcome or do you enjoy the journey correct for for me you know writing 
doing it every day or uh, you know that for almost a year was very very fulfilling because the creative juices you know when you start writing certain things one question or the other creative juices started coming so coming back to your question how did it come so basically you know there is a very famous video by vishen lakhiani called uh, three most important questions to ask and uh, he's the founder of a company called mind valley very famous in personal development space so i watched that video i think around 4 years before and in this video basically ask the listeners to for 90 seconds write the following what would you like to experience what would you like to grow as and what would you like to contribute so 90 seconds write those things so i had done that exercise and in the contribution uh, section i had written writing a book so you know the seed was sown during that time 4 years before only correct now the question was always there i have to write write and then there are many excuses busy corporate life you know mostly on plane all of those are excuses you know they they were there so then what happened is this this book came in my life you know which is the book, the one thing it gave me that idea you know that asking that question what is the one thing that i can do which by doing it everything else is easier or unnecessary basically focusing on one thing you know because of that i started asking that question in different facets of my life or business so one particular day you know i was sitting with my wife and this idea of book was always there and i asked her telling this way why what if on a breakfast table what if somebody asked me in your entire professional sales career if you have to share only one thing with others which is the most fulfilling what would you share now that is very interesting. the drift of the question was changed now the answer was use case selling correct use case selling that is one technique which i crafted while working in startups which has helped me sell in 23 countries across these different startups bootstrap series a b c d in difficult situations and also helped me sell in life because i believe sales is a life skill now that was use case selling so when that question was asked the answer came what is the one thing the answer was use case selling so because of that then i said okay i will write a book on use case selling and to create intrigue about it to create intrigue about it i named the book the ultimate sales accelerator and the subtitle was very interesting because the subtitle says one surprisingly powerful strategy to create epic sales in business and in life so you know it created that intrigue because it didn't name the strategy use case selling in the cover of the book it said the ultimate sales accelerator and one surprisingly powerful strategy to create epic sales in business and life so the entire book is about one thing which is the concept which has inspired me a lot which is use case selling that's about how the book came very interesting and inspiring so i think this seeds have been sown like during one of the inspiring talks and also so is the yes. intent of this guiding voice podcast as well even if yes. somebody can get inspired from one of the nuances of several ideas that are being shared through this podcast we will definitely be happy so i'm sure if vishen lakani is going to listen to this episode he would be on cloud nine <laughs> because he has been the inspiration for oh. millions and that has led to a book by an author right that's not a small thing so can you share a few snippets about the book what are the highlights and especially to our audience catering to the technology and entrepreneurship yeah so the book as i said is about use case selling which basically what it does is that it typically when we sell you know we sell to a buyer isn't it you know I mean, you guys are also in technology we sell to buyer the use case selling while it's difficult to describe the strategy 
it's a four part pillar i would recommend the listeners to read the book but the whole concept of the use case selling is rather than selling to buyer sell to a user so what is the meaning of it you know so let me give example buyer in simple terms buyer is somebody who knows his or her requirements user doesn't so let me give you an example in technology world real life example so in 2015 you know i was meeting a chief marketing officer of a large bank in asia and as i entered that room there were six executives all all suited booted you know nice looking and they were there and they looked at me and the question they had on their faces why are you here primarily because they as a large bank they have all the software in the world i was representing a personalization and customer experience software category so i said thank you very much for meeting me can i ask you three questions to the cmo and he said of course so i said number 1 what is the unique visitors number of unique visitors on your website he said 12 million i said thank you very much among these 12 million visitors can you identify who are your new to bank prospects and who are your existing customer and he looked at me surprised then he looked on his right to his uh, executives and their eyes were lower and he looked at me little flustered he said no the third question actually made him very angry i said thank you very much can you personalize the experience of your existing customers on your website he said i just told you i can't even identify the existing customers within my 12 million audience then how can i personalize when you see you know you are talking i was talking to a chief marketing officer one of the largest banks they are supposed to have all the software in the world isn't it and they had by but those three questions actually converted them to a user category telling them requirements or needs which they didn't know so the whole book the use case selling is about that most of the people are looking for buyers 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 especially in complex b2b sales technology sales which you are referring to the moment you make a buyer to a user which is about unknown needs unmet needs needs with resistance to change once you identify them then the buyer will become user and you will create rapport and conversion will happen I think it was uh, Steve Jobs who said give customers what they want is an old approach but now people do not know or customers do not know what they want until you give them that experience so there was never this concept of uh, iPod this iPhones and all so i really yes. liked the way you explained the user and buyer difference so buyer knows what yes. he or she wants yes. i want a soap so i'll go and buy a soap but i don't know Correct. there can be a scented so i don't know and if someone gives most of the things may end up failures but those which become successful become super successful like Excellent. the i series i i pad i four i pad and what not correct uh, you know, and interestingly you know you mentioned about iphone and even their launch campaign where those are covered in my book in the b2b chapter because i have analyzed those uh, using use case selling four part structure how these products there are several examples but two of the examples since you mentioned about i series one is the iphone the other is the launch campaign of iphone how did they launch it by putting hoardings on every airport or streets you know the big hoarding and say shot on iphone if you recall that so that is covered as a part of you know how did they made a buyer to a user example which you were given yeah amit we just talked about an age old adage about taking care of customer or give the customers what they want vis-a-vis customers do not know what they need until correct. you give them that experience correct so how does the technical sales you know how are they different from the conventional sales Yeah I think so this is first of all the moment I say sales as a life skill correct uh-huh. or so and I define sales as service authenticity love expertise and smile I think in my mind we are selling all the time of course there are nuances of products and services and the easier way to to demarcate that using a 
Forrester matrix. You know, so which is just uh, visualize with me. On the x-axis, you have complexity of product. On the y-axis, you have complexity of buyer dynamic, and you have four quadrants: low, high, and low high. You understood. So now, anything which we are selling, right from selling a vegetable to Zencaster to a complex personalization product or a ERP product and technology, can be placed in these four quadrants. Let's take an example. If we are selling, let's say, vegetable, somebody, it is complexity of product is very low, isn't it? And complexity of buyer dynamic are there hundreds of people or seven people or ten people buying? No, it is one or two people who. Come to buy, isn't it? In that family, so therefore it will be in that low, low quad. Let's say take an example from technology world. If somebody is buying Google Mail, complexity of product low, correct? It's an email. Complexity of buyer dynamic. Primarily the IT head or you know the manager there. Because email is supposed to be pervasive, na? I mean, we have to take an email. So you know, it will go to a low or medium category. You know, not more than that, mostly low. But let's say, look at the product. Let's say somebody is buying aeroplane. Okay, right? Is a good example. Aeroplane. Now, complexity of product is very high, and complexity of buyer dynamic is very high. You can't one person can't ERP. You mentioned about technology word. You know, complexity of product because ERP connects all. If you look at core banking, you know, core banking. Now all banks are connected now. Core banking software, personalization software. For customer experience, all of these things, complexity of buyer dynamic is high, complexity of product is high. So based on even in technology world, because since you asked technology, correct? Right, I think the first thing to assess is that in which quadrant is the product fitting. Based on that, your entire go-to-market strategy. Like again, if I take the example of PPT, correct? Right, people, process, technology, technology. <laughs> all of that, and in the sales team comes as a part of people, and of course, process and technology. All of that will change if a lower Complex product will not require field salespeople. It can be done from marketing, correct? Whereas a high complex product like ERP, you know, which is sales cycles are also longer. It will not happen in 15 days. That will require you know much more seasoned sales owners. Also potentially. Longer sales cycles, a deeper engagement with the customer. So that is what I would say. While we can use this framework for technology sales, we can actually also use it for any kind of sales. <laughs> Amazing! That framework really helps in <laughs> understanding the dimensions and the complexity and you know, the visual appeal that you have mentioned about complexity of the. Product vis-a-vis complexity of the buyer. Uh, amazing, amazing. Moving on from the sales standpoint, nowadays India, I think, is in top three of uh, startup hubs in the world. If you look at it from the overall country, along with Israel and China. So, if some startup is building a technical product. which is the current trend i would say how should they approach selling selling the product that they are coming up from the startup and also they when you position yourself with venture capitalist for serial funding or something like that yeah, absolutely think, as you rightly said india is a startup hub now and it is growing every day I and mean, it's heartening to see especially for me because in last 10 years i have worked across four startups you know? so i have seen the journey from bootstrap series a b c sometimes pivoted you know and then series d so i really enjoy it and and i hope this continues you know because startups re- represents hope innovation and growth for an economy now coming to your question on selling you know, I, i think the easiest way to do is is a 4wh framework what is 4wh means so why are you selling the first step what are you selling where are you selling who are you selling and how are you selling now, what i have seen is lot of startups focus on the h first how are you selling 
and that according to me in my humble experience it is a mistake how are you selling sudagar navin you guys are seasoned technology professionals you will agree with me that you know without a startup thinking first of all why why do you even exist yeah. why are you selling isn't it i think we were talking about use cases uh, sudagar you was mentioning about uh, steve jobs thinking that you have to tell the buyer what you need rather than buyer telling you and therefore you will make the buyer as user so that why element you know there was term called unique selling point inward looking very inward looking you know the organization actually unique buying point that's a point i mentioned in my book also unique buying point why starts with that what is the unique buying point for your customers they may not know that like the example of of iphone you gave sudhakar so that is the why why do you even need a startup the, the second point is what are you selling so i have generally seen you know that when you ask somebody what are you selling there will be complex slides and a modular approach is generally missing in a startup startup starter s is simplified isn't it so i would say creating modular and simpler products is the way to go rather than creating slides or pitches which are saying i create something very complex product modular and simple is what comes in what are you selling so let's say if you example somebody says i am doing customer experience personalization on the other hand you can say i personalize mobile experiences on app isn't it i mean very very modular approach that is what i would say what or you can say niche whichever word is now the third point is where are you selling now seems simple you know, but generally when a startup uh, starts a thought might be entire we will sell to india australia south east asia jog america our product is super late we will sell everywhere correct you know it requires cost also na <laughs> uh, so where are you selling if you start with a small segment or industry vertical or a geography then the chances of creating success as well as optimizing cost are higher and the fourth one who are you selling so this in my personal example since i was i have been selling personalization customer experience i will tell my team earlier i used to tell more often in uh, is that i will only meet chief digital officer because for me when i was in one of the companies If I don't meet chief digital officer at my level, that meeting is a waste. You know, there is the only person because what I'm selling one from a strategic point of view only he can understand. The other is from a writing a check point of view only he can write. So my team can meet anybody. You know, VP and above, no problem. For me, I have to meet. chief digital officer and above so the who are you selling the same thing when sales owners in startups uh, or founders are selling they need to be clear which titles are resonating with my proposition rather than going and selling to everybody okay chief digital officer might be one title you may have three but as long as you have clarity on that if you have clarity on these four w's na why what who where then the fifth h is easier how you know so that feverishness towards h will be much lowered and it will become more productive if we focus on 4w that would be my recommendation to the startups that's fabulous four <laughs> w's and one h i think you have simplified it definitely that is a secret code which all our listeners especially coming from the startup uh, world can leverage it. so amit uh, this conversation has been very professional so far so yes. i'd like to spice it up by adding some personal element we want to know yes. more about other side of amit okay sure sure so sure. are you ready for a quick uh, rapid fire round amit 
of course of course put me on the spot man all right so i i love the spirit i love yeah. the spirit so yeah, yeah. yeah here comes the first one one most memorable moment in your life so far i think if i have to only since i am a fan of one thing since you have so you put the right person to ask that question <laughs> so i think the most memorable moment for me is i remember the date also january 24th 2006 when my first son tanish was born siu falls south dakota around 4:30 a.m. tanish ashwik agarwal was born in siu falls south south dakota 24 january 2006 you know i love my wife a lot a lot of people know that but during that moment seeing my son the nurse gave it to me and the operation was still continuing it was a cesarean delivery they gave it to me and for that moment i forgot everything in the world i remember the word the nurse said what lungs because he was crying very loud she said he's so tall and i was looking in amazement and for a moment i even forgot that my wife is still un- undergoing operation so i told that is the only moment when i forgot you aisha okay? so that is the most joyful moment every time i remember it it is a harnessing the most resourceful if i am most unresourceful i will remember that moment it will make me resourceful immediately quite emotional and i'm sure uh, the first baby experience of something course. which will be cherished forever right absolutely here comes the next one in your next life who would you like to be reborn as Yeah, so this is interesting see i i focus a lot on personal development and spiritual development correct i don't have any feverishness towards moksha or nirvana but if you really ask me without feverishness with action without feverishness and with action my desire would be to attain nirvana in this life therefore the question of next life continue to think like that again the only thing is that what has happened is earlier just to be open with you there was feverishness about it five years before you would have asked the question the answer would have been the same I would there was feverishness about it. Now there is no feverishness. If it happens, great. If it doesn't happen, we will see. Correct, you know. But for now, I am very contented with that thought process. That's quite spot on. Third question. Yeah. yeah. Like which animal would you compare Amit with? And in case if you are not comfortable comparing with animal, probably you can compare with an object. This is a very difficult question. Still, I have to ask me. Uh, the animal which i connect more with is rabbit why rabbit first of all is agility so one of the quality which i see within myself is the agility that ability to traverse the path very fast correct the second is i find the white color of rabbit and the whole demeanor of rabbit peaceful so rabbit appears to me as a contented person you know contented and peaceful person so when i combine these qualities contentment peace and agility that is what i am therefore yeah. rabbit I definitely agree with you because the way <laughs> our conversations happen, we discussed last week and today we are in the interview. Yes. That's the beauty of agility and all. Yeah, I completely yes. concur with you. Yeah. Yeah. Here comes the first question. What is the best compliment that you have ever received so far? Yeah, by the way, I've never shared this. I don't think I might have even told my wife. Your podcast might be the first one. So this was uh, kind little embarrassing yet uh, a sense of pride. So I, in couple of it has happened couple of times in two different companies. By the way, so one was my supervisor, another was a senior, and I I told I used to tell them you know this uh, competition is there. They have so many things. This this product. This. Uh, a big sales team this and that and you know and they will listen to me and with lot of humility and faith in their eyes they will say you know but amit ji we have you we have you Super. now imagine my situation i am actually trying <laughs> to sell ki, you know we need this that but with all humility and faith in their eyes you know they will say amit ji we have you and i am speechless so that is according to me the best professional compliment i have got which i have only shared here Superb, superb. All right, here comes the next one. What have you dreamt of becoming in future during your childhood? 
Yeah, so during my childhood is quite clear. I wanted to become a chartered accountant. Actually. The reason was that I have seen some of my neighbors and uh, some of my relatives uh, doing very well as a chartered accountant and lack of information because I didn't knew about it before. I'm talking about 7th grade actually, 7th, 8th uh, grade. I somehow felt it is very posh chartered accountant, the name and of course what I saw in my adjacent, I used to see a lot of people coming to that which had a chartered accountant office and I saw some of my relatives doing very well. So that was the thing. But as I moved towards 12, I decided not to take commerce. And therefore, I would say rather than dream, it was an aspiration during that time. But yeah, I came on earth and I chose uh, chose science and therefore went into engineering. <laughs> Interesting. So one last one for the rapid fire. If you were given a chance to change something in the past, what would it be? I think for me, you know, this again, working on myself, I have started reflecting more and more that uh, past is only for learning. Past is for learning. Changing the past means that I am cancelling my learning. So from my perspective, also sometimes changing the past creates some feeling of regret. I think if I if I believe that past is for education and learning, then the thought of changing doesn't come in my mind. Whatever right or wrong, everything for, for, for highest good. It had made me a better person. And if I have become a better person, people around me would have experienced it in some way. So therefore, I would not like to change anything in the past. I would like to acknowledge my past. Excellent, Amit. (laughs) With that no regret statement, let's get on to the last question for this conversation. Sure. Such an amazing conversation we are having today. So, what will be your one piece of advice to those planning to make big in their careers? To answer your question, I will again put it in a structure. So the structure is the term which I have coined called specialist doctor. So what is the meaning of specialist doctor? A specialist doctor has expertise in two areas. One is he has a deep expertise in a subject matter. For example, eye doctor or a heart surgeon is a deep expertise in a subject matter. And the second part is he's an extraordinary communicator. If you go to any doctor, you don't know that person, correct? If you go to a doctor for let's say eye checkup or a heart checkup or a, you go, do you know that person? Most likely no, not when you are going. But you will notice that that person will create rapport with you because of two things. One is knowledge because you know he's a doctor. Correct? The second is how he or she talks. That person will put you ease immediately. Isn't it? I mean, if your experience of past uh, talking to doctors. So therefore, I recommend everybody in Hindi, I say, that Ustad bano. But the dimension of star is not easier. So I have coined a better term, specialist doctor. So two, two on X axis, deep expertise on subject area. On the Y axis, deep expertise in communication. Fourth quadrant, which is high and high, is specialist doctor. So whichever word resonates with your listeners, apne area ke ustad bano, correct? Yeah, become a specialist doctor. I leave it to them. But the, you know, the two dimensions are same, which is expertise in a subject area and expertise in communication. Thank you, Amit. Such a wonderful uh, suggestion and recommendation for our uh, audience. It has been a pleasure and thank you so much for joining us today. You know, it was great to talk to you about the code of extraordinary sales, which is more a life skill than anything. Really appreciate you taking time for us and thank you very much and wishing you all the best. Thank you very much, Sudhakar and Naveen. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. I really liked the informal conversation we had. And I think, as you mentioned, sales is a life skill. I hope through this session, more and more people leverage sales as a life skill. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks again, uh, Amit. 
Excellent. So folks, if you are enjoying this podcast, make sure to check out the other technology related podcast, Electronic Specifier Insights. Their editors dig into the electronics industry, how the new technology is shaping in post-COVID world, reviews from all the top electronic shows, and the latest technologies that the electronic companies are releasing. You can find them by searching Electronic Specifier Insights or by going to electronicspecifier.com slash news slash podcast. All right, so it brings us to the trivia segment of today's episode. And today's trivia is about data storage. So folks, do you know what was the weight, the physical weight of 5 MB, 5 megabytes of data in 1950s? Start thinking. All right, maybe... It's a time for me to reveal the answer. So, you know, in 1956, 5 MB of data weighed almost 1 ton, which is close to 1000 kilograms. Imagine what would 1 gigabyte would have been at that time. Interesting, isn't it? Thank you for listening. There is more in store, folks. Stay tuned. Take care. Be safe. Until next time. Bye-bye. And we are signing off for today.